It's all in where the sound comes from. I mean, it sounds like it's coming from the hinges. Or, or like where the the joint from the seat to the wheels. From the, from the seat to the wheels sounds like the lyric of a ludicrous song. <laughs> it kind of does. It kind of does. Like, you could definitely have that in a, in a rap song. From, from your seat. Seat to the wheels, gonna put your head by your heels. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Great job, team. Head back to base for debriefing and Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a special edition of Debriefing and Cocktails podcast with me and my good mate, Sir J.O. Welcome aboard, sir. How are you? I'm fantastic, if fantastic means not fantastic. Oh, now, you people may be wondering... Why did I say it was a special occasion, special edition podcast? Two reasons. One, unfortunately, Sergio has lost power in his domicile. So you can either give him some empathy and, you know, feel bad for him and hope everything is better. Or you can laugh at him. I pick both. All right. We're doing this. <laughs> Second thing of why this is a pseudo special edition. I'm changing it now to a pseudo special edition is today we're talking about Octopussy, the James Bond film. And why this is a special edition is because this movie came out in, oh, I'm, excuse me, on June 6th, 1983. That is mine and Sergio's birth year. I think that's neat. Maybe he doesn't, but I do. No, that is I, fancy. I, it's Nifty. It's nifty. It's it's nifty, eh? Nifty. Okay. Well, an interesting an interesting factor of this movie is alongside this movie, a competing company put out a another Bond film called Never Say Never Again, starring Sean Connery. So this movie had some stuff to live up to or or maybe not live up to, but compete against. Yeah, yeah, which is this is that's probably the, the most bizarre Bond story that we haven't really covered that much of is the fact that yeah. in the 80s, they just, there, there was just another Bond movie. Yeah, the rest of them. Yeah, and and somehow, funny enough, that the other Bond movie actually did gross pretty well, but it did not end up beating. Now, maybe between its budget and its box office numbers, maybe it actually didn't profit or something, profit the same amount or, or enough. But either way, at least box office wise, 
it looks like Octopussy actually pulled ahead quite a bit. And I guess – and I take back what I just said, actually. Between their budgets, uh, Octopussy had a $27.5 million budget and box office $187.5 million, while Never Say Never Again had $36 million budget and $160 million box office. So Octopussy definitely won out on that one. But you're I, sure. I'm sure a large chunk of that budget was was uh, getting Sean Connery. Oh, uh, was Connery? I see. Yeah. Maybe something similar to uh, uh, what Diamonds Are Forever was, where they paid him quite a hefty sum to be in that last movie. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure it wasn't cheap bringing back the original Bond. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Sergio, why don't you start us off on this one? What did you think of Octopussy? Despite my efforts to uh, just kind of write off this entire endeavor, I kind of loved this movie. Yeah, it's actually I, I, I may avert. I may divert from ever saying the title of it again if I don't have to, because <laughs> The title is terrible to me. I cannot stand it. But yeah, aside from that, this is a good movie. It is good. It's not too yeah. ridiculous. While it has yes. some quippy uh-huh. stuff, but <laughs> no, Reed, it is the right amount of ridiculous. <laughs> and you're right. I, I would. That's a good way to put it. It has just the right amount of quippy nonsense in it but you don't have baby elephants pulling slot machine levers and all kinds of wacky stuff i I really don't think there's actually i think there's very little kind of wacky in this movie oh Uh, i guess i guess if you don't count the entire circus like sequence because the entire circus sequence was complete Whack job bullshit, and I loved it. And and you, that you're talking about at the end of the film. Yeah, yeah. Like when right. when when Bond is when Bond is running away and he puts on a, a clown makeup. Mm-hmm. It has to hide, and yeah, it's it's just so ridiculous. At least that, while there is something to that to point at for me, at least all that kind of adds up they're at a circus you're going to have these type of performers be there you're going to have these visuals these kind of things and they're not it didn't feel like they were hamming it up like with the again to point at it the small elephant pulling a slot machine lever it happens to be by and then shaking its head and making a noise like it's happy like you don't (laughs) they're not even they're not doing that and this is the circus thing where they could have done that and it would have made more sense. Uh, I, it's it like uh, the circus thing was very appropriate for this movie because of how ridiculous it was. Like mm-hmm. we might as well throw circus into this because we just spent almost all of Act Two making fun of Indian culture. Now, did they make fun of it, or did they just use? tropey things as props oh like 
I would say a good chunk of both. Because I definitely thought about that. Are, are you talking about like where he – you have the sword swallower, the flame guy, the bed of spikes, the coal, the coal bed, all that? Too, all that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, See, yeah I, and, and, and the, the snake charmer. Mm-hmm. Like all, all of that. It's like they're they're literally painting India in this like with the broadest strokes. Probably not even from the twentieth century. Right. Now I can agree with that. I think they're definitely being a bit lazy or being very stereotypical using low bar iconography type stuff. I, I still don't really take yeah. any of that as them making fun of them. It whereas maybe, like, maybe not on purpose. Hmm? Maybe not on purpose, but I do feel like at its core, you don't do that stuff because you're it's an homage to India. You're doing it because it's like, hey, look at this joke we can make while exploiting Indian culture. Uh, maybe so. And I, I, and I would sooner take it more as, as a spectacle type thing. Maybe it's in poor taste or something like that. I could see that, but I don't know. The, as, an oppo- as opposed to where I would see it. So this is what I use as a sort of benchmark in these movies as making fun of the culture or a culture, even in a moment is in Tomorrow Never Dies, or, uh, yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies, toward the end when the main bad guys, when the main bad guy captures the Asian lady, I can't remember the character's name, and she tries to do her karate, her martial arts on him, and he comes back there, he's like, hoo-ja, 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 like, oh, okay. I mean, that's definitely just playing the villain and he's being a dick. But I'd sooner like that's an example of making fun of it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Any anyway. And yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go but ahead. but yeah, like the, you know, we've already seen Roger Moore <laughs> spend time in like three or four other areas of the world and just completely gentrify every bit of the culture in that area. Like he spent time in Japanese in Japan. He spent time uh in India now. He was in Egypt for a little while. Like mm-hmm. basically what the, the Roger Moore movies turned into was let's send him somewhere, let James Bond screw around with the locals for a little while. And then we'll get to the point at the very end. Right. I at, at least this one it sort of in this context and trying to move on to something move on from it to is I I at least and, and maybe I'm wrong ultimately too. I at least appreciated that it wasn't just gimmick visual gags so to speak. Maybe I'm misreading again, but they didn't just show the guy doing the blowing the flames or breathing fire or whatever that right. They they got Bond to take it, take one of the torches from somebody to fight someone else. He got the sword out of the guy's throat to fight off someone else. He put that's a guy that's a visual gag though. And and I guess it is, maybe. 
it, it still felt like they're at least using it. Like it's part of the scene. It's not just, hey, look look at this weird Indian culture thing where this guy sticks a sword down his throat. Isn't that funny? And they make a joke at him or at its expense. It's actually part of the action kind of thing. Ah, maybe, maybe. But but it's, may, it's, but, it's, but sure, maybe it's still bad too. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, like yeah, because what Live and Let Die was black black exploitation, and that was Roger Moore as well. Like th- this is well worn territory that we've talked about a lot, and I don't think any one is better than any of the others. They're oh, all yeah, sure. Kind of equal offenders in this department. Yeah, I can see that. Well, about the rest of the movie though. It is actually pretty good. It's not it's not so bad of a movie. I I did feel a little a little bit of a drag. Maybe the first I don't know, tail end of the first act or end of the second act somewhere, it felt like it kind of dragged some to me. Like it was just taking taking its time getting to what it wanted to do in the third act. Mm-hmm. Um and, and this isn't saying there's not action or something like that. I just don't care. Action doesn't make the movie more tolerable to me, so to speak. Uh-huh. Uh, I do think the the opener was pretty good. Like, remind me, what was the opener? So before the title sequence, he's going undercover or in disguise to a – he's going into like a Cuban – type area it looks like the the they it looks like fidel castro type characters or, or that's uniforms right, that's right and he has a ridiculous um mustache on yes yeah yeah in the very opening yeah uh, yeah, yeah and oh and he got in the little plane that they had loaded in the back of a car uh-huh yeah yeah behind a ho- with a fake horse behind it yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah that, like that was I, uh, that was kind of great. That opening was kind of great. Yeah, it, it's kind of it, it's definitely a good representation. It's a good representation of like the Roger Moore Bond stuff mm-hmm. where he has these gimmicky gadget sort of things like little Nelly. If you remember, I think was from Thunderball. Yeah, uh, it, it just reminded me of that some. Uh and then he ends up after the whole after the whole incident, he ends up just happens to, of course, but you know it's for the joke. Rolls into a gas station with with the wings up and tells him to fill it up. Yeah, just so stupid. It's it's very <laughs> dumb. Uh, the the part of the opening that was really dumb to me, and it's just one of those. Maybe it's a movie trope we had never really talked about or or uh, and maybe they do use it still. I was about to say maybe they don't use it as much anymore, but where his Bond's uh, co-agent, they, they don't really ever designate her, I don't think. But the woman helping him is like riding alongside the soldiers and uh-huh. seducing them or, or distracting them with her assets. Uh, yeah, so that's a speak. good way. That's a, a, a sim a sim. That's kind of pol- a kind of polite way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and and they're just so distracted they don't understand what's happening to them and that gives Bond the upper hand and I just watch that and I think 
This is so dumb. <laughs> this is the this is the this is terrible. Okay, I, I say this very loosely, grain of salty, whatever. But this is this is a bad representation of men, and this is stupid. It's a, it's a bad. It's fucking accurate. What are you talking about? Is is that accurate? If that's accurate, I don't understand it. Then, then it's just not like, my wheelhouse. Like you're driving a, your a, car and you're gonna stare a, at some woman. An an attractive Cuban lady, basically with her boobs out, comes driving up next to you, purposely gets your attention. You don't have to drive because you're a passenger in the back of this thing. And And sure, the passenger doesn't count. I'll give you that. The passenger doesn't count as much. Well, no, the driver was never distracted by her, I don't believe. Hmm. I kind of felt like they all were. Like, but but maybe yeah they were all in the be- like the the bed of the truck right you you did have that you're you're right definitely the guys in the bed of the truck don't have to pay attention to anything I mean they do I mean Jesus Christ they have Bond right there and they yes you do need to pay the fuck attention <laughs> but I'm not even meaning them as much as I meant the guys in the front but you know I'll, I'll kind of redirect my point of saying this is just absurd that. That men are going to act that way. That just seems so far fetched to me. I do come oh, from a different and, angle, though. and like that's true. That's true. Like it, I guarantee you, like you get my dad and his friends in the back of that truck and have her <laughs> drive up and get their attention. Uh-huh. That is the one hundred percent behavior you can expect, which I guess would be from that generation specifically. Maybe so. And I, I actually really liked that scene because like a good female spy uses her assets to get what she needs out of a guy that's black widow does it uh every other female spy that's been in james bond is all like oh look at my breasts while i steal whatever the fuck i need you know like i'll give you that i'll definitely give you that much i'll give you that end of it that she's not the problem at all (laughs) She's doing exactly whatever she needs to do to get the job done, and if that's what it takes to do it, you know, so be it. I suppose. I, I'm more pointing at men being that way, I guess. Well, <laughs> oh, look at you. You're so noble. I'm so taking noble. The high, taking the high road, baby. Yeah. But um, all this aside, it was a cool. It was a fun opening. It does kind of play into something I'm gonna complain about later. But it is still a good opening in and of itself in a vacuum. Yeah. And yeah. without going at all very deep into it, we can do that more in the section. I'm not a fan of the of the song that follows it, though. Well, we'll talk about the song <laughs> when we get there. When we get there. <laughs> OK. Um, I don't. I never really felt anything about. I'm gonna say I want to say Kamala Khan, but that I think Kamal Khan, Kamal Kamal Khan, thinks his name. Khan is okay. definitely his last name. Okay. I never really felt threatened or or never felt very much about that character. I think he seems like a. He makes a good impression at first when they're playing. I think. Uh, what is it, backgammon? Is that what they're playing? The dice game? Uh, yeah, backgammon. Backgammon. 
when they're playing that, I, I'm kind of cool with him. Like, he's, all right, this is this is a good impression, right? Where he's got the load of dice and and all this stuff and whatever. But as the movie goes on, he be he feels less and less threatening. Yeah, like I I feel like after about after we meet Octopussy, the mm-hmm. movie completely shifts gears. It's it's no longer about stopping the bad guy. It's about saving Octopussy or put or 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 like saving the you know the situation, the explosion or whatever. But more importantly, saving Octopussy. Yeah, and it's funny you frame it, you say it that way. The last ten minutes of this movie, I hate. Really? Like maybe it's fine in a vacuum as a scene, as a set piece, as an action sequence, whatever. But I just hate it so much. It feels so worthless. <laughs> we Bond has disarmed the atomic bomb, and phew, crisis averted. Yada yada yada. Then they end up taking Octopussy after they catch up with her, and uh-huh. and there's this whole chase about I'm gonna get Octopussy back, cause whatever, cause like you just said that it's just this real. She's this central important figure. Like, what is any? Why is any of this happening? Why is this scene even in the movie? Have we not had enough of of an exciting movie? Did you guys literally have to fill up 120 minutes of a film? Like, why is this here? Like, that third act, they cover a lot of shit. And the third act is fine. All the third act, all that stuff's fine. It, it, but you can't just say the third act minus the last 10 minutes like th- because there's there's he steals a car there's a car chase there's an airplane sequence there is a train sequence in the third act like it's planes trains and automobiles straight up right there not only that there's a like there's there's a giant uh like girl power moment when all of the uh the, the circus ladies like attack the Indian compound and, mm. and, and, and like, and oh, oh, and if we're adding another form of transportation to this ridiculous fucking spectacle, Q brings Bond in, in a fucking British air. Uh, uh, hot yeah, air. yeah. 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 Like, like, like it, it was, it was some, it, I know the movie came out in 1983, but it felt like something from 1946. Where it's just like, <laughs> let's add as much fucking spectacle to this. Like, it, it, the, the hot air balloon was like the, the cherry on top. It was like, fuck it. If they didn't think this was kind of like Wizard of Oz, let's throw a hot air balloon in there. <laughs> and shit, maybe they'll like that. Like, it's 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 really, really, really bizarre how many directions that last act goes. And that's really where the movie is great. Including the last ten minutes. Yeah, and and uh, man, I I just don't. I guess I really don't agree with the, with the last ten. The last ten minutes just seems. And and to be very clear, uh, sorry, I lost my. Tra- I apologize. I lost my train of thought there for a moment. 
I'm strictly talking about the part where they con and his henchmen get Octopussy and run away with her. True, true. I I, I get that's what you're talking about. Okay. And what I'm saying is that doesn't matter. Like right. the movie is named okay. the movie is named Octopussy. <laughs> right, and and that's fine. I I feel like they could have just rewritten it, uh, taken out that scene, and just have them get captured right there. Maybe have a small chase. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it it just it just ran on a little too long. That whole extra plane sequence just. And I guess it's on top of. I don't think this plane. Fine, you have this plane sequence here. I don't believe any of this at all. None of it. <laughs> It, I, it was quite ridiculous. Like, you've already had me for the rest of this movie, and you're going to run me along for another eight-odd minutes or so on this ridiculous scene of where he's just on a plane. He's just sitting on he, – he catches up to a plane on horseback when they're already ahead of him, which – fuck oh, it, I get it. I get it. Another, fuck I, it. Another, another form of transportation, by the way. It, it is actually, yeah, you're right. But fine, fuck it. He gets to the plane. I could at least, I could swallow that part of because in in every in everything, characters always behind other characters always seem to be at equal speed, but not enough to catch them. They can catch up to them, but not catch them. Anyway, yeah. but he gets on the plane. It, I don't think you can do that with planes. Can you just hang on a plane like that? For that long? At that um, speed? I mean, I say that like it's a fucking jet. I know it's not going that fast. I'm just saying. Uh, for, for what it's worth, Tom Cruise did it. Yeah, he did it, but it wasn't for like as long as Bond was on top of it. Uh, and then the door comes off like, okay, now the, the, the compression thing or whatever of planes – Maybe that's different on an air, you know, a bigger plane versus a small plane like that one. Maybe it doesn't uh, well, work that way. They weren't at high enough altitude for it to to be fully compressed. Okay, so okay, see it, and I at least gave that one a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, where I was like, maybe there's some other context here. I don't know about planes and the decompression and all that. So I don't know. So maybe. But this motherfucker, the fucking henchman, goes out there on the plane to fucking uh, fight him. That's when it got real, real fucking stupid. <laughs> and then he and he loses the fight from an antenna flick. <laughs> what do you fucking mean, man? Like how? How? I don't. Uh, I just don't understand. I really don't. It just seems so unnecessary. Um, I, like I, I, I don't know. I, after having to sit through the first two acts, everything in the third act that was action-packed was absolutely necessary to bring this shit back to a positive experience. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad it got you there then, if so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was fun fact and, and neat to see – so the woman who played Octopussy, I cannot remember the character's name or the actress's name, but – Octopussy's actress played Scaramanga's girl in The Man with the Golden Gun. It's the same person. Yeah, it, that is weird. Are there that not is, enough actresses? 
Right. And, and I feel like there's even there was like a split second kind of moment where she's like describing either herself or her backstory or something. And I was kind of like, wait, is this the same character? Is is she the same person? Oh, wait, no, never mind. I see. What, OK, <laughs> it, it just happened. Some of it just happened to line up when I heard it kind of thing. And it's like, oh, wait, no. Uh, but I, yeah. I actually think that would have been really interesting had they uh, and I don't want to go too deep into saying this. I just it's a fun idea. It would have been cool if they did have a returning Bond girl from an older movie that Bond knew and was the bad guy slash not bad guy. That would have been neat. <laughs> the bad guy slash not bad guy. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, I agree that they really missed an opportunity to uh, to do that. Did she survive? What was it? Thunderball? Or whatever what? the fuck movie she was in? Uh, the Man with the Golden Gun? Yeah, The Man with the Golden Gun. I think so. Because she was like Scaramanga's mistress. And I don't think she was on the island when Bond got brought there. I don't think. That's right. He gets, That's right. He gets information from her, and then you don't see her again, I don't believe. No. Wait a second. I She does die. Because if I'm not mistaken, she – yeah, Bond goes and sees uh, – I don't remember if it was a sumo match or, or some sort of crowd spectacle thing. And he sits next to her and she's oh, got on the yeah. white hat and he shoot and, and Scaramanga had shot her. So no, That's yeah, right. she did. Yeah, she didn't survive. So wait, never mind. <laughs> she couldn't have come back. back unless it was from the dead. Yeah. Maybe she's only lived twice type shit on him. Um, <laughs> I do think that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to okay. say, um, she is one of the the more attractive Bond girls. I'll give her that. She is. She. I do. I would agree with that. I do. You know. You say that. I think it's interesting that, or or maybe not interesting. It's it's neat to see where she is a little. She's not so aged out at all, but she is a little aged, so that kind of works with more. As opposed to seeing more getting with these, you know, we'll say 25 year old women or 20 year old women or whatever. Whatever. Then, you know, we never know their ages in these movies, but we know this actress is a little older. So (laughs) that is kind of neat. It's it's funny you bring up Roger Moore being ancient in this movie. Uh, The the, the scene where he uh, like at, at the end where. He makes this big entrance entrance into a room, sliding down the fucking banister. Oh and he's just yeah, yeah. wasting motherfuckers as he slides down the banister, and uh-huh. he you know shoots off the knob at the end so he doesn't hurt his nuts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which like that's 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 very much a, a boomer joke right there. Um, <laughs> when he hits the ground and has to get up and run, it <laughs> I could almost hear his knees cracking. <laughs> he, I'll have to look back at like that. Eighty-five fucking years old when he's doing that. 
I'll uh, I'll have to look at that. I don't I don't think I caught that. I, yeah, I like, liked as as ahead. he was running. I, I was like, I'm sure after the scene, he was like, "Is there any way we can redo that with the uh, the, the stunt double?" Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, I'm so, I wouldn't think he would even do it without the stunt double in the first place. Well, his age slide down a banister. I don't think he could make that. If 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 it if it was a stunt double, he did a fantastic job imitating an old ass Roger Moore. <laughs> i'm going to take just a moment for one bit of research that i can't recall because i want i want to know this character's name but i uh i don't want to miss i don't want to absolutely butcher it because it was uh collins henchman and i they I, they really don't say his name very much, so I couldn't ever yeah. commit it to memory very well. Uh, Gabinda, we'll go with that, was his name. Okay. This motherfucker is kind of on point as a fucking henchman, dude. Where Bond is sneaking around Khan's facility after being locked in the room. And... Mm-hmm. Then goes into I'm gonna just call it a meat locker room where they've got the dead bodies there or the dead guys, and yeah. Gabenda sees that the door's open that it's cracked when he knows it shouldn't be, and he inspects everything. Yeah, and I'm kind of like oh, I mean okay fine like I'm not this isn't even me calling foul like he shouldn't notice that I mean whatever he he's the he's a henchman he's a hired person. That's probably exactly what he's hired for is to notice bullshit like that. It's like, oh, this seems suspicious. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, cool. And then later when they're on the train and Bond is in the gorilla suit at first and he accidentally knocks, hits something, which I, I hate that kind of force sort of thing a little bit as a side note, where the entire time everything's perfectly fine, but then. When it needs to happen, it's like, oh, look, I hit a, I hit a pan. But Gobinda is on point. This man's obviously paying attention enough to hear that and to think, I'm going to really inspect this. And it goes to cut the head off of the thing. Had Bond not actually gotten out, you know, Gobinda was just – he was on top of that ship. It's actually a pretty competent hitchman is my point. Yeah, yeah. So wait, so is is he the one who are you talking about cutting off the uh the head of the gorilla suit? Yeah. Okay, okay. I I think I missed something there. Um Yeah, at one point don't, Bob, don't, don't Bob, just don't don't just mention the gorilla suit without talking about how fucking dumb it is. I mean do you have to is that not loaded into saying the word gorilla suit? I don't think so no <laughs> we, okay well we didn't talk about that for uh diamonds are forever when that lady transformed into a gorilla so i didn't realize that this was a thing i okay all right all right that's fair that's fair it's just so fucking dumb <laughs> i mean it's a whole circus it's... bit so i mean what, what what other than it's just dumb in and of itself maybe but it, it's fine that it's there it should be there i say should it makes sense that it is. 
No, it does. Like, circuses don't have gorilla suits. They have gorillas. I mean, they have costumes. I don't know. Is is this really what we want to spend our time on? You know what? No, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Good job, host man. Yeah, that's <laughs> we have better um, better shit to talk about. I I, I guess I kind of put the s- similar feelings on the from from the plane sequence onto the train sequence, but I get it. That's just another movie thing, and that one I've I'm more on board with or more acclimated to. I'll say it that way. Mm-hmm. The the bonds just going up and across and doing all this stuff and boy, good thing he he's the body type that he is. That train's not just just not tall enough. That overpass is just not low enough. Whatever. Right, that he just doesn't die like four times, <laughs> <laughs> or at the very least get knocked the fuck off. Yeah, I did appreciate that a little bit though. Like when they did have him scaling like the side of the train, he he is getting hit, right? Like there's tree limbs or, or things that he has to avoid and and not get hit by. So I, yeah. I did appreciate that. I was like, okay, thank you guys for not making this seamlessly easy for his ass. <laughs> now, so I do go ahead <laughs> oh man like it, 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 make sure i remember this correctly because i started watching it yesterday um is that this this movie started out with twin knife assassins chasing a clown through the woods right yes this was after the opening sequence and title song yes yeah like <clears throat> i should have known like when when that is where the story started <laughs> starts uh-huh i should have known that this shit was going to go crazy at the end <laughs> i I don't know. I just don't mind this stuff as much in terms of saying it's crazy or not. Like it's different. It's certainly different. I don't want to act like knife throwers and a, a double O in a clown suit and all this stuff. I don't want to act like that. That's just normal. But I really am just kind of OK with a lot of it. Oh, don't get me that's wrong. Just the setting. I prefer it. Oh, OK. Like like. A, a, a saccharine fucking James Bond movie where he's just quippy and he's dealing with regular fucking bad guys. It, I I don't give any shits at all. But if you're going to throw some wacky stuff like a fucking clown and and, and a circus and and and, and like a, a like a woman's colony of circus performers and 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 then a hot air balloon and a train. Like, yes, yes, that's what I'm here for. And Fabergé eggs, like I, yeah, I, I say that just Fabergé, you know, Fabergé eggs. You don't hear about Fabergé eggs very much, so, or I don't. So. Shit, you didn't hear about Fabergé eggs after halfway through the movie. No, you really didn't. Yeah, until and, and there was a part of that that I didn't understand, and I'd probably have to be watching it with you, or or really spell it all out. Because when he's so he has the microphone and everything put into the into it, so he can listen to them. Mm-hmm. And but then it ends up being having distortion through parts of it. And and the only thing I can come up with that, that 
is causing it is the what'd you call her the Eugene alien lady what'd you call it? equestrian <laughs> alien yeah the equine alien equine like, alien lady like i i don't know maybe it was just the way her hair was was done in that first scene she looked otherworldly man no i i'm dude i'm with you no she really did like kind of throughout it up and like maybe when she's in the bed with bond she looks fine or looks normal enough but yeah it when she sits at the dinner table with him before that excuse me at the auction no i mean she's just i'm sorry lady and i'm sure she knows it or somebody's probably told her or maybe they haven't she had enough of a forehead between her eyes and hairline so she's a fucking, she's a fucking aircraft carrier <laughs> that's so, that's so actually can 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 we try to make it a thing that when someone has a huge fucking forehead they have a haircraft carrier <laughs> oh, 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 oh i don't know if i can sign off on that or not okay okay no like she was she's a, a beautiful lady but and, and it is distracting a, yeah, towards the end of the movie, for some reason, when she's in her circus outfit, I guess that distracts from her, from her forehead. Right, because she has the, like the top hat on uh, at the end. You're talking about like when she was perf- like was like talking to the guy and giving him his wallet or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, no, just, yeah she, she, she sprinkled in through the rest of the movie as a circus performer. Oh, I definitely just it, it was hard to keep up with her after. She slept with Bond or something, or or, or they were at his, at a Khan's compound. I didn't really keep up with her. I don't think. To be to be fair, wh- horses are hard to keep up with. They run very fast. <laughs> yeah, fast enough to catch a plane, even when they're lagging behind. Right, right. I, and so, I apologize for everything I just said. That's very mean. Somehow, she's, Gabinda she seems like a lovely lady. She seems like a lovely lady. <laughs> um. But yeah, in in that scene when he's listening in, the only thing that I see that seems to be interfering with what he's doing, and because otherwise it doesn't make sense why it's there, is they're cutting. So they're Bond's listening to Olav and Khan, and then it's cutting to Yurquine uh, doing her hair with a with a blow dryer, and uh-huh. then there's the static going on. I'm like, what? What are they trying to tell me? Are they saying her blow dryer from the up from across the compound all seemingly or in so far away from them that is somehow affecting the that's interference for the microphone? What the what the fuck is happening? I'm going to say, yeah. That sounds ridiculous. It is. But old equipment had all kinds of weird defects that caused that kind of shit. So that doesn't surprise me. Like. Okay. Do, do you remember having to watch TV and using antennas and shit? And <clears throat> like if, if your mom was cooking fucking ravioli or something, the the picture on the TV had to be adjusted because there was too much. I don't know. I'm talking to my ass right now, but yeah, like some, some, some more micro, I'm going to say this like I know shit, but like microwaves or radio waves or some sort of sound interference or just something was just, was fucking up whatever the antennas are trying to do. Yeah, like somehow micro, microwaves are, is 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 a really good example. Like old, like first generation microwaves, they basically reset all the clocks in the house when you use them. Oh God! <laughs> all like the fucking lights would dim, the fucking TV channel would change, 
Oh no. That is that does sound terrible. <laughs> um so we can kind of say so I'm gonna start with start here so we can kind of go into the Ola Orlov? I think it's Orlov, but I'm just gonna say Olaf because I don't wanna I don't wanna do the work. Mm-hmm. Um one thing I had a little bit of an issue with where so so a lot of the a part of the plot by the end of the movie comes down to Orlov is a Russian general who wants to destabilize surrounding nations so Russia can take them over. They he wants to make sure that they don't have any deterrence to stop Russia and he thinks Russia should just rule over Europe or more of Europe at the very least. Well, well not Russia, the Soviet Union. <laughs> Oh, okay. The Soviet Union. Yeah. Is, is that different? Is that uh, that different? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure they're different. I, I get they're probably different areas, but is the Soviet Union not Russia? Well, without going into a full-on history lesson, uh, like the Soviet Union was like the the communist fucking Russia of the Cold War. And oh, is it kind of like the Nazis of some sort? Like it's, you know, the Nazi party. It's not like Germany was it's not like German. Germany was Nazi. Is it something like that? No, well, no, no, no. It's like when when you ca- talk about the Cold War, it was the United States versus the Soviet Union. And the Soviet Union was basically mo- where Russia is now, plus a fuckload of other countries that they had just kind of taken over oh i see so okay so it wasn't okay so it's russia plus whereas russia obviously just saying russia by itself is not just the soviet union okay yeah sorry so so like so so like a soviet like spy or whatever looking to destabilize a nation so they can take over more nations is Mm -hmm. very that's very cold war like that's exactly the you would expect in in this kind of movie. Okay, apologies for my ignorance in the in the histories. Very apologize. No, but, you're good. You're good. Like when 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 the Soviet Union fell, like a whole bunch of countries just fell out of it, and you know had to had to to, to you know de- declare their sovereign status. Mm-hmm. So Orlov wants to make sure to destabilize. All these other countries around the Soviet Union, to be to say it properly. And so that's what a lot of the movie ends up being about. And which which all that's cool. Or I mean, that's a fine plot, because this kind of comes back a little bit to how Diamonds Are Forever was about. Initially, it was just about diamond conservation or diamond control, whatever, however you'd say, maybe frame it. And that just seems kind of a little off kilt to me. And I think to you, if I remember. Yeah. 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 For Bond. I, I, we didn't, we didn't use this word, but it's very quaint. Okay. Yeah. Whereas this one kind of starting off with Fabergé eggs and jewels, that seems kind of quaint too. But then you put this atomic bomb and this whole plot in there. And now it's like, okay, this is probably something Bond should do. But he just kind of stumbles into it. I, that that's maybe a, a weird thing 
that would be worth talking about one day about some of this. Like some of these movies, his his goal is to find out information on what the bad guys are already trying to do. Whereas this movie and maybe Diamonds Are Forever, he stumbles into this B plot of world domination bullshit. <laughs> so so had he never done the initial thing, he wouldn't have gotten to it in time, so to speak, As, especially yeah. this atomic bomb one. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't know if I would say that's bad writing or good writing or convenient writing or or, right. or yeah. lazy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I like I, it. I, I don't either. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not judging. I'm not pointing a finger at good, bad, anything. I'm it's just an interesting thing I hadn't really ever thought about with the with these movies or, you know, maybe I've thought about it in other movies, but I never really thought about it for the Bond movies, for sure, where he just hap- he does one assignment and it happens to lead him to a world ending or world crisis one. I'm like, oh, that's real fucking fortunate. If you just said no to the first one, give it to the next guy. This might have happened. Yeah. But, Which this this kind of leads me into to one of the things that I really wanted to talk about the, uh, the the third act of the movie. Oh yeah, go ahead. Like some Bond movies, when it when it comes to solving the problem, you know, he know he go going in, he has a plan. He knows this. There there's there's some some uh. Some diversion or there's some sort of, uh, you know, let's pull the wool over the bad guy's eyes. We're going to trick them. This Mm. movie and a lot of the Roger Moore movies are him just making shit up as he goes along. Like what's an example in this movie to you for that? So like like in this one, he gets on that train. He gets basically gets thrown off the train with one of the twin thing, twin guys. He kills the twin and then he has to fucking hitchhike down a road because he knows that this bomb is going to go off. Right. And right. He, he, he keeps looking at his watch. Oh shit. Oh shit. We have this bomb. And uh-huh. he ends up stealing a car. He has to jump into a, in, into the, the clown trailer, put on the makeup, work his way into the tent. Like all of the, none of this shit was planned. Yeah. Yeah. All these little things definitely weren't planned. He, these are the things he has to do to get out of whatever predicaments he's in because they have to create hurt. I guess this is maybe where it's coming from. They have to. So Bond knows what's happening. He's going to go stop it. They have the writers, whether it's right or wrong, good or bad writing, they have to put hurdles in his way. Otherwise, he stops it or at least they have to make it tension filled. Is he going to stop it? And I don't mean to say this like you maybe don't understand this for the record. No, no, I like I, I, I get it. It's just when I think spy, you know, it, it, it goes back to what we were talking about in the first few episodes. Like when I think spy, I think a person who has a plan, who executes the plan, doesn't uh, reveal that he's a fucking spy until the very last minute. They don't know who he is. James Bond is not a spy. Mm. You know, like he walks into a room and says, hi, I'm James Bond. And everybody's right. like, oh, he's that spy guy. You know, it's. It's it's, yeah. it's 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 really weird, and and him being put in all these situations that he's not doing spy shit. He's just running from one objective to the next, going, "Oh shit, how do I fix this?" 
like it's definitely action star, but categorizing it as spy work is real, real hard for me. Yeah, and I can kind of see that. I, I think it. I, I would still say it's spy, but it's definitely looser spy than I would typically suggest, so to speak. Where, and, and I say that I say that it is some somewhat spy because he does do things like at the beginning of the movie, where he gets a disguise and he's going undercover <laughs> to do this to to set a bomb and all this kind of stuff. So there definitely are moments where he yeah. is being a spy. But you, but yes, still to the point, to your point that, yeah, they still have that too, where it typically ends up being by the third act, even if he's being the spy in the first act or middle, by the end of it, he's just going to the destination he needs to go to. And there's definitely no spying. Yeah. They're, like he is, he is not a uh, black widow. No, he's not. He's not even an Ethan Hunt. Is that, was that, that is that his name? Yeah. That, that's the mission impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which which to that actually talking about the opening of the movie leads me to where I was talking about with the Orlov pointing that out, that his whole plan is to make an atomic bomb and to create an accident and all this kind of stuff. But now I know it's not one for one, but I still call a little foul on the framing of these two things. And and sure, they could have just written it a different way. Ultimately, in the yeah. opening of the movie. Bond uh-huh. is trying to set a bomb to explode a I'm just going to call it a military base. I don't recall that they ever say overtly what it is or what's going on. But either way, military base with a bunch of human beings, a bunch of people are there. <clears throat> and that's definitely his goal. I mean, if people die, he's fine with it. Uh, whereas later in the movie. Uh, I guess middle act three, something like that. Beginning of act three, somewhere in there on the train. He gives this little dialogue to Orlov that you're willing to kill millions of innocent people for this. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, didn't you just kill a, you didn't kill millions. I got it. But you just, you killed a bunch of soldiers. I mean, were some of, were a lot of these people maybe not innocent, just being, they're just being soldiers. Like where um, where do you get all taking the high road here, buddy? Like, I I, I definitely understand your sentiment, Reed, especially knowing your personality and and how you're all like, no, Superman doesn't kill anybody. You know, like no, 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 no. I, I'm not against him killing anybody. I'm against him being a, a hypocrite, where he's well, going to chastise well, one character for it when he does it. Well, that's that's what I'm I'm getting that I'm getting there. I'm okay. getting there. Sorry, sorry. Because while I completely believe that you're fine with him killing bad guys, like like the the argument when it comes to warfare is that soldiers are expendable. If they're not on your side, if they're the bad guy, their lives don't matter, and they know what they signed up for. And I agree with that. Yeah, sure. I see where you're going, I think. If the United States is going to send a ballistic missile across the fucking, you know— ocean and aim at something in a foreign country they're going to be in if 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 it was a perfect world they would be aiming at military in, 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 in installations and if people die they just die that's what happens when you're in the military mm, yeah 
So so when he's chastising this dude for killing innocents, he's kind of got the high road. He he I see where you're going. I mean, him killing innocent civilian him killing civilians who didn't sign up for something like the military, even though I still feel a certain way, I I'd still kind of point at that a little bit, but I do I get your point. And 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 that is why I made a point to say it's not one for one, but but you are right. Maybe it is yeah. It's worth him saying that, and it's not this bad, bad sort of way, or as bad as I was putting it. To be fair, I'm kind of with you. Like, you shouldn't just be killing soldiers because they're in the way. But we also shouldn't be going into war as much, so, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird gray area. It is. I do get your point, though, with the soldiers. That is kind of fair. Like whether or not I want to care about human life, soldiers do put themselves in those positions and accept, you know, the, that responsibility or, or that possibility of like I could yeah. be put in a high target place or whatever and I might die. Like so you signed up for it and you knew it. A guy, a kid going to the circus didn't. So right. it's different. Uh, I actually think Orlov was a neat villain and kind of wish this movie wasn't as jam-packed. I say jam-packed, but I wish this didn't have effectively two and a half, whatever, two and a half bad guys. And I kind of would have been somewhat more interested in a two in just two of them, like do Octopussy and Orlov or Khan and Orlov. Some just something. I Yeah. I, I do feel like what you said earlier that that once they meet Octopussy and she gets involved, it becomes this different kind of movie or or maybe not a different movie, but they uh, objectives of some sort kind of change. Yeah. So it does feel kind of weird, but it's not it's not bad. It just it just definitely changes the tone a little bit. Um. Have we? Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Have we? Do you feel like we've covered most I, of this? I think I think we've covered everything that I wanted to cover outside of you know like the music and stuff. So yeah, I'm trying to think for just a little second longer if there was anything else in the movie, and I don't think that there is. I I think there's some weird. So, so I don't, I don't plan on us going very far with this, um, but I think it was kind of weird how they talk about this. We're two of a kind, you and I, James, you and I, Octopussy, and I'm like, what, what is this? And they, they don't really do anything with that, and just felt kind of, I don't know, it just felt kind of weird for them to make that, make that a point of, of top, a topic. Of anything, I'm not. This is not me saying that it's bad. It just felt. It just felt out of place. It's like, why? Why is this a conversation? Why? Why? What are you guys doing with this? Oh, you didn't do anything with it. Okay. So, so like you're not wrong. Um, and I, I feel like, and I'm gonna get into this when we talk about the music, that they were really leaning into this octopusy being a special person to James Bond. Sure. You know, they, they really wanted that to be a thing. 
And I, I don't feel like they put the work in for it to actually happen. Sure, he right. had to like save her, but it's not like he was like, oh, I have to go save Octopussy because I have feelings for Octopussy. No, it was, it, yeah, I'm the good guy. Gonna I do it. woman. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And yeah, we, we, we all came and attacked this base. Oh, no, they got Octopussy and the money and the jewels. We got to get them. Yeah, yeah. Like, she, she had she died, she would have been collateral damage to the, to the overall mission. And uh-huh. I feel like they wanted to make a different movie. And if we want to just go ahead and spin right into the, the music, because this the, the music is part of that. Okay. So, like, you, yeah, then, yeah. Then we can do that. Like we're we're going to go ahead and transition to music now. <laughs> if this was our first or second episode, I would isolate that, that clip and use that as our transition into music on every fucking episode. I mean, you can go back and retroactively do it. Not going to happen. Uh, so... <laughs> I don't remember, don't recall the name of the song. Um, all time high. Oh, yeah. All, there we go. Like when I when when it played at the beginning of the movie, I again was like, "Fuck, another one!" Like another slow ass bullshit fucking like not rock song, not action song. This is legitimately a love song. Right. And, and, and it's funny you say this as a side. You should listen to and watch the song portion of Never Say Never Again and then come back and talk to me. OK, <laughs> we can do that off air, though. Like you, we can you can do that in a YouTube video real quick. Well, well, we're we're going to watch Never Say Never Again at some point. So we'll just do that then. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Uh, but but. But yeah, I was like, this is a fucking love song. And in the back of my head, I was like, I'm going to hold on to this information. Because if this ends up being a love story, I'm going to at least give them some sort of credit for, you know, throwing a pitch and then hitting it out of the park. And Uh, you mean if they made a love story from if this movie had a love story to it? Yeah, like like if that was the Bond story they were telling some sort mm-hmm. of epic love story between him and Octopussy, I would have had to have given it to him for them for for like them calling their shot at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, okay, I got you. And 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 that's why I feel like thematically they wanted to make that movie. Mm-hmm. They just didn't. I I could see that. I could maybe see that. And, and yeah, they definitely did in either way. They did not. Yeah, this is just such a weird song. It doesn't sound all that bad to me. Like if I listen to it in a vacuum, don't think about that it's a Bond song or anything, or just listen to it. I, I like it enough. It's fine. But I, yeah, I, I kind of love it. I kind of love the song. Like in 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 a vacuum or in the movie or both. Well, just just as a song, it's a fucking banger. But as a okay. as a Bond song, it's it seems out of place. It, yeah, right. I, I would definitely agree with that one. I, I yeah. could maybe listen to it again. Maybe you could convince me listening to it again or something. But yeah, like as a Bond, I, for a fact, I know as a Bond intro song, not having it. It's not. No, it's just these are not the songs to have in these movies. Yeah. 
Like you, yeah, you don't even have to always have weird. a bombastic Goldfinger or Goldeneye song. Just something with some some rhythm and some bang to it. Just something. It, it cannot be this soft ass bitch ass song like that. ah I don't know it's just not it just does not jive with me for a Bond movie <laughs> uh, unless I, I will give you like if, if you if what your initial thought may have been where the rest of the movie was going to be this epic love story okay I could get on board with that you know I'd have to see that movie and and go and all that kind of stuff but at least the story fits the song. Right? Yeah, it's not yeah. it's it's not about the bombastic bond action and all this stuff. So it is the it is the story. It, it's the narrative of it. And so a song, a soft song could do that. And that, that could be fun. Yeah, yeah. Like so basically this this movie is Babe Ruth pointing at the fucking fence and then ground <laughs> and, and, and then grounding out to the second baseman. Like that, I don't know. I don't much. get that reference, but I believe you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I know Babe Ruth would point out to the uh, like a homer, right? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, and I get instead that. of hitting a homer, he hits a ground ball to the second baseman and gets out. Oh, okay. I got yeah. you. I, I do get that now. I get it. I get it. I'm on board. You know, and and and, and then us, then us as the as the viewer of the baseball game we're supposed to critique how cool his pointing to the fence was <laughs> even though it was very anticlimactic right uh so yeah this this song's fine and they at least to me and they put it i, I don't do what did you think about its implement implementation in the film because they definitely i noticed a couple of times where they definitely did the you're at an all time high that that segment of the song plays as the background music. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's not the first time they've done that. Uh, sure. Sure. I don't, I like when they do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like, the, like they did it to really great effect with live and let die. I, I it's, it's just, it it just seems like they must have paid a lot for the song. They're like, let's get our fucking money's worth. <laughs> uh, as a small thing, something I actually did forget to mention in the analysis section, but I will at least. So I'm going to segue from music into a tidbit more of analysis for this. The. Uh, what was his name? V V joy VG. I can't think of his name. The guy who looks like M. Night Shyamalan oh. that, that was playing the uh, the asp. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see if I can find it. Yeah, VJ. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. That was something I wanted to talk about, too. Yeah, that's really interesting. Fun fact, he was a famous t- – he is was a famous tennis player in this movie. Like, in, in the real world, just – playing and he actually funny enough it's his name too I, i'm seeing that now vj was his character name and his actual name so and he has this so so many things and all this bullshit then then there was the whole tennis sequence in the car chase yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know if you noticed this but halfway through the car chase that that gag where they 
they cut to the audience looking back and forth like they were watching a tennis match. Oh no, I probably did. Yeah, I probably didn't catch that actually. Now that you say that, I I saw him fighting with the tennis racket, but yeah, I didn't really pay attention to it in that way. That's cool. I'll have to go back and look at that maybe. Yeah. That's that's really cute. Yeah, yeah, and 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 <laughs> and and like when when Bond got to India and he. And he talked to the guy to I guess VJ. He was the one who was playing the yeah the, yeah yeah he whatever it the was with the, the with the flute exactly. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah, like, yeah. that is that is some meta shit, man. That's some meta shit before meta shit was meta shit. Yeah, because they're acknowledging acknowledging that the Bond theme exists in universe. It's not just something that is there for the viewers. Yeah, it, it's it's not. I, I, at least that's an interesting way to look at it for sure. You know, it's I, it's, it's like that's in definitely Fast how it is. Go ahead. No, that's that's exactly what it is. Like it's kind of like in the Fast and the Furious, where in the first movie there's a ludicrous song, right? Do what? And then it's, there's a fir- there's a ludicrous song in the first movie, right? But then no, ludicrous what is. What are you talking act- about? But then, then there's a then Ludacris is an actor in the second movie. Oh, you're talking about the Fast and the Furious. I'm sorry if if you said that I didn't yeah. catch that. Yeah, 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 yeah. In, in in the Fast and the Furious, like it's it's this weird. So does Luda exist in the Fast and the Furious universe <laughs> on top of Luda playing Tej? You know, um, it's real stupid, but it's cool. Yeah. I, I think that would be a fun conversation and and to have it just in a very small dose for a second in the fast and furious thing with the ludicrous song is it played. And I cannot think of the term there, there there's two audio type terms for sounds or music where the audience is meant is, is the one hearing it. Who's it meant for? And then there are sounds that are meant for the characters Mm -hmm. is is the ludicrous song in the first movie playing on the radio that the characters are listening to, or is it just played in the, you know, is the background music for action or something? That's a really good question. I don't remember. Cause I would say if it's in the car and the, and it comes all, and you can make an argument that it's the characters are listening to it. Then yes, that ludicrous might be in that universe. <laughs> But if it's, if it's just the background music to them driving fast and furious, and it's it's less of an argument. I won't say it's not possible or true, but it's less of an argument at that point. That's fair. That's fair. But that's not what this is, though, to be fair to you. Him no, playing no, the Bond no. ditty, Bond <laughs> recognizes it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah and and that was just really I, I can't think of another one of these movies that has something quite like that where you have this sports star no i take that back i guess in in uh casino royale is one that comes to mind the the guy that bond is chasing at the beginning of casino royale with the all the parkour stuff like mm-hmm. 
that is a parkour person. That's oh, what well, he I does. I hope so. <laughs> well, just to say, like, they're not using camera tricks and stunt doubles and this kind of thing like that. That's what that guy does. That's that's his athletic passion. Yeah. So it's just neat. I, I that guy, the Casino Royale guy, Casino Royale character aside, I hadn't known that that they did this with somebody else. So it was, it was it's neat. Hmm. Yeah. So well, we're running long. Let's rank these sons of bitches. All right. Well, do you do you have any kills? Do you have that one by any chance? Oh yeah. So I so I counted twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I looked it up, uh, <clears throat> it was fifteen. Oh, so close. Oh. Yeah. So he was he was busy. Uh, last thing to touch on in. Super last, as far as like the gadget scene with Q, was very mm-hmm. cute. But the thing that actually stood out to me in that scene was that, and I don't remember him doing this with any other character in any of these scenes off the top of my head. He addresses one of the technicians working on Q's stuff, where he's like, "Oh, hello, Smithers, how are you doing over there?" And he's like, "Oh, good, Commander." And I'm like, "How does he? He knows this fucking dude's name? Like he calls him by name." He's not just addressing the character vaguely. He he calls him a name. Like, what the fuck is that? That's so weird. <laughs> not not a bad – there's nothing to it. It's just like, oh, I don't remember him ever addressing another person like that in these scenes. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, they kind of did the same thing with the Money Penny scene. Like, it was almost like they were preparing both of those actors to be replaced. Oh yeah, yeah. We did not talk about that, so let's let's squeeze that in real quick. Just maybe a smidge more than what you just said. Yeah, that's really that was a kind of a neat scene, and I don't know if that girl that comes in for Money Penny transitions into her spot or is it different? You know, because they bring back Money Penny in the next one. Um, yeah, I, I don't or, know. That, or that's just what it seems ones. like. But yeah. no, but you're no, no. You're right. Like they definitely are. Like she's aging. If they're not even ready for that actress to leave the role, they're definitely acknowledging her, the character's age for sure. Yeah. Uh, and they do introduce a new M in this movie. This is the one that we've already seen before in uh, License to Kill, at least. Uh, I think Living Daylight, you see him too. But th- this was actually the, it's been so long since I've seen Octopussy. This, I was like I didn't know where this M came from, so it was neat to see that this is the one he appeared in, or initially appeared in. Cool. Yeah. So, do you want to do the rankings this time, or do you want me to do it? Um. Well, every time I pick up my phone to check it, uh, I lose internet internet connection. So. So you want me to do it? It's probably best you do it. Okay. Do you want me to do it in the voice again, or did that not pan out very well? Just, just, just do it however you feel. Okay. All right. Well, ladies and gents, we've got the rankings here again, and I'm going to try and do another voice for it, but I don't think it's going to really pan out. So, sorry if it doesn't. Let us know in the comments if we have those. I don't think we do though. So, from one, well, twenty-one to one. This 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 thing is getting chunky. This is a chunky boy list. Starting from 21 for your eyes only. 
20 from Russia with Love, 19 Dr. No, 18 The Spy Who Loved Me, 17 Moonraker, 16 On Her Majesty's Secret Service, 15 Quantum of Solace, 14 Thunderball, 13 Die Another Day, 12 Diamonds Are Forever, 11 The World Is Not Enough, 10 Live and Let Die, 9 The Living Daylights, Eight, Tomorrow Never Dies. Seven, License to Kill. Six, Goldfinger. Five, Casino Royale. Four, You Only Live Twice. Three, GoldenEye. Two, The Man with the Golden Gun. And number one, Skyfall. So, so I I enjoyed what you said last time. That the diamonds are forever is the baseline. That's like the center. <laughs> that's the center point. Yes, yes, yes. I stand by that. Yeah, I, I think you're. I think that's a pretty good standpoint. Uh, I, I, you know, I think it's. I think it's your turn to pick where it goes. Okay. I think okay. Last time I said it. Uh, I, I was listening intently to your list there because I can't look at it this time. Um. And I'll, I'll correct you. I'll guide you. Like the the spot where I felt like it sounded like it goes is right above "Live and Let Die." All right, so "Live and Let Die" is number ten. Below it is "The World Is Not Enough" and nine, "The Living Daylights." So in between "Live and Let Die" and "The Living Daylights." So for clarity, you don't think it's better than "License to Kill." That is correct. You don't think it is better than Tomorrow Never Dies. Correct. Okay. Just just kind of making sure, because I I feel like I kind of remember how you liked those movies or didn't, so I was just making sure you're like, you're sure it doesn't go there or something. Yeah, yeah. Like like it's 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 definitely a good movie. So it 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 it, it passes the uh Diamonds Are Forever line. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't feel like it's better than any of the Timothy Dalton stuff. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I could I could probably go with that too, honestly. Like, 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 like I, if you could, if you want to make a compelling argument for higher than that, I wouldn't say no to it, because as I said before. I am here for the amount and level of ridiculousness this movie brings to the table. Mm-hmm. So I could probably be convinced much higher than this. It's just those Timothy Dalton movies are actually good movies. Where, See? where, where, where this movie is not actually good. It's just a fucking amazing romp. So... I would not put it above License to Kill. I, I, okay. I think License, License to Kill is a good enough movie anyway, and it has a good good narrative story to me. It's not just go save the world from fucking space laser bullshit. It, it's <laughs> actually personal, right? So I, I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. So it's not better than that one. I... So without going through all of it, and I can't I don't think I can make a compelling argument because I don't remember enough of it. I think this is better than the living daylights. 
Because okay. all I remember about the Living Daylights is that I didn't know what was going on half the movie. <laughs> that, that's vaguely all I remember. There's just a lot of bullshit going on. The areas looked. I, I cannot remember. There was. I just could not keep up, or didn't keep up well with the plot of the movie. That's not to say the action's bad, the acting, or you know these kind of things. But I just couldn't keep up with it, so I didn't. I definitely was bored about half the movie or so. Okay. Octopussy, okay. I at least was on board pretty much the whole time. Like there was a little lull in the middle, like when they're kind of when they facelessly introduce Octopussy, that kind of area when he gets in Khan's compound. It's yeah. uh, stuff around there, give or take thirty minutes or twenty minutes. It's kind of it's a little slow. It's a little boring. Nothing's really happening. But on the whole, the movies, I like the movie. Like, there's enough stuff going on. I can keep up with it all. And maybe this is very personal, and I'm a dum-dum, but this all worked <laughs> for me. And the henchman actually stood out. I don't even remember the henchman from Living Daylights, if there was one. Okay, And I like okay. henchmen. I'm a dummy. for I'm, I'm a sucker for a good henchman. And this okay, guy is not so, bad. So we're moving it above the Living Daylights. That, that I'm, I'm comfortable with. What's above okay. the living daylights? Tomorrow never dies. That's that's and, the one about the newspaper. Yeah. And I I don't think I don't think it's better than that one. I I I'm I mean I could hear an argument for it if it if you wanted to, in a world where you said it was, but I, I I'd, I'd almost say they're about the same. Maybe. Okay. Okay. There, there's enough overlap, or they both do enough of one does this well, where the other one does it worse, and vice versa. So, I, I don't know. You know, I, I can at least like Tomorrow Never Dies has over Octopussy at the very least that it's more modern for me. It, yeah. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. If, I don't know if I can count that as a, you know. And, and as, I will, like, well, as, 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 as like a tiebreaker, that's not really fair. And, and you're right. I'll, I'll kind of meet you. I'll meet you a little better with it than, than just saying it's modern. It's it has more modern sensibilities in terms of action, dialogue, characterization, maybe not characterization, just stuff like that. These these sort of things that we do now that we didn't do back then or couldn't, to be fair, or, or yeah. whatever styles change. Right. Like all this stuff just kind of feels better and it's a bit more of an action movie. And I like the or I'll rephrase. I like the action in Tomorrow Never Dies better. And there is like a small subplot of the whole romance between him and. uh, Oh, Elliot Carver's chick. And I can't think of her name Mm -hmm. right now. The actress, like they had this whole, like they had a previous relationship that whole bit. Yeah, yeah. This, this isn't me saying I would put it over, put Octopussy over Tomorrow Never Dies, but I could see, I, I could see Octopussy doing better in some areas than, than Tomorrow Never Dies did, because it does have a more entertaining story. That's, right? you know, you know, like now that you put it that way, you're absolutely right. Like. It, it, like gun to my head, which movie? Like, sir, you have to watch a Bond movie 
It's either mm-hmm. Tomorrow Never Dies or Octopussy. Which one are you watching? I, I would probably take Octopussy every fucking time. Right. And, and just, for me, I... Just, oh, just because ahead. I'm sure there's some ridiculous shit that I missed the first time. And that might be true. Yeah. And, and for me, I would probably probably pick Tomorrow Never Dies, but I, I'll admit my bias to that, that I just like Pierce Brosnan a bit better anyway. And, yeah. and his, not all of his movies, about half of them are, are, are well, I mean, the first, the first three are fine. Like GoldenEye is great and the next two are fine. But yeah. I, I'm just more partial to these more modern visuals and, and styles compared to these, you know, pre- shit pre basically pre goldeneye yeah any bond movie pre goldeneye is losing a little is losing an edge off if at the very least just because of where it sits living daylights being the exception but it is the one just before goldeneye so (laughs) so all all this to say would you want it above tomorrow never dies or are you fine with it being under it um i'm gonna vote for above hmm but I'm fine with it at either place. Where where's your where's your meter on giving a shit about that? Like I, I understand that you said you don't care that much, but like you know one to ten, it's like man, I I kind of like to be above there, but yeah. I'm gonna go with a three because because remember I was comfortable with it being even lower. So hmm hmm. If you're okay with it, I'm going to let my bias win. Okay. That is fine. And j- just keep it simple and let, let my let my bias for Pierce Brosnan's movies be went out here. Okay. That 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 is absolutely fine. And this might be some minor redemption for You Only Live Twice being number 4, and I still think that needs to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> I still All think right. you got a ticket for that one. <laughs> All right, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking you only live twice as number four. What the fuck is this list? Fuck. Yes, it is. This list you is only live twice dumb. great. I can't wait for Jordan to see this list and and I hope I hope he tells you so bad that you're wrong. <laughs> like if there was a time I ever heard Jordan get high high toned at you, I hope it's this. <laughs> Hopefully we can get him uh, like on here for the next episode, right? Yeah, yeah. View to a kill. We'll have to just talk to him and work that out. All right. All right. Well, it's a big. It's gotten to a big list, folks. So I'm not going to repeat this one this time, and we're probably not going to repeat it anymore after this. Yeah. Uh, we'll just say it the one time and be done. But as of right now, Octopussy is at number nine out of 22. It's between Tomorrow Never Dies and The Living Daylights. So there you go. Uh, awesome. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Sergio, I'm glad that your storm situation didn't stop you from doing this. Your quality wasn't too bad but even if it was this is an exception (laughs) so thanks so much for taking the time and doing it and going through all the trouble that you have well what the fuck else was i gonna do i'm sitting in the dark uh i don't know go flip a circuit breaker or something i don't know 
<laughs> you, you have a baby. You can go work with that. No, he's he sleeping. probably needs you. He's sleeping. Oh, okay. But all right. The, 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 the real irony here is like a hurricane came through. What? Two days ago? Three days ago? Yeah, two, two days ago. We're recording ago. on a Thursday, uh, on a Wednesday, excuse me, and it was supposed to come through on Monday. So. Right, right. And all we got was a little wind and some drizzle. No, no big deal. No damage. And yeah. now a fucking thunderstorm knocks our power out, and every every power person is in the state of Louisiana trying to bring – New Orleans back to life. So who knows? I don't know when my, my, my power's coming back on. So when you say that for the record, are you are are you just saying that out of you know good common sense, or have you seen something that infers that to you and sort of thing? Well no, no, it's it's common practice that when there's a major power outage caused by like a hurricane, <laughs> all of the power people from the na- neighboring states go directly yeah, yeah. to where it yeah, like that's that that that's common. It's just common. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know. It would have been funny if you kind of heard it, I guess, like, right? If you happen to catch it on the news or, or on your phone or some Facebook post, something like that. It would have been funny, like, sorry, guys, all the people are gone. I don't know. I'm dumb. Well, well thanks, everybody, so much for coming by. And as soon as you get a chance, go listen to Sergio if you can handle more of his good radio man voice on shellheads where he and jeff hubbard talk about ninja turtles and if you also get a chance dead scene kids is pretty cool alden and his buddy Sergio, tell, what's their, what's his, buddy? His, his, his name is hunter hunter alden and hunter do the dead scene kids thing i haven't listened to it but i trust alden and his knowledge of dead scene kids stuff <laughs> and last but not least, if you get a chance, go listen to Discussing Network, Clarence Brown and his peoples. And almost, again, last, last but not least, least, the unapologetic geek, Mr. Jarius, is worth a listen to, too. To, to, to as well, also. Yes, listen to him yes, also. Yes. Or fo- follow him on Facebook. That is that's Nailed it. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for coming by. You're all wonderful people, and uh, you're very pretty. (laughs) Debriefing and cocktail. You are listening to Keep the Hip, Do Not, and Break Up Rock. Board for adventure. Your traveling companions, 
our fellow fans of Doctor Who. That's right, it's the podcast Discussing Who, exploring the worlds of Doctor Who, past, present, and future. Find out more at DiscussingWho.com.